We put our trust into doctors every day, blindly following them and honoring their opinions often more than our own. For the most part, this pays off in terms of our health. But in some very rare cases, handing over complete control of your life to someone you call doctor can be extremely dangerous. We are your hosts, Helen Allen and Sherry Ferreira. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. Okay, so first of all, I want to get out of the way. Um, they just had some new developments in the oh. Zodiac case. So I just want to tell our listeners to look out for that for next week because um, it just kind of sprung upon us and it's Wednesday evening and this episode's has to be up in a couple hours. So I, um, <laughs> clearly um, preparation, not really our thing. Um, but you know what? We're pumping out content that is at best mediocre. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's, we're doing the thing. People are listening. So if you're listening, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thank you. We're actually like riding a high right now. Oh. And I don't know if it's clear, but we just are. So like, thank you. Anyway, so look out for that for next week's episode. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we're going to be going in on the zodiac killer and like you know i already know this story so i just cannot wait to wrap it up in a pretty little bow anyway (laughs) no go for it let's get on with this case for this week years before our story takes place anthony pignataro made a name for himself as the investor of the snap-on toupee oh this is like that piece of hair that attaches to a man's head yeah um but he invented it in the sense of like bolts surgically implanted into the skull so and then you can literally snap it on um so it's like a little frankenstein a little it's bit a little bit, it's a little bit. i was just gonna say it's okay, a little bit okay, frankenstein in my um, mind but yeah. no this doesn't have anything to do with the case but i thought it was worth mentioning <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and it's funny because so a lot of the stuff that i'm pulling is from a forensics files episode but people like specifically harp on the fact that he like they he was made fun of for inventing a toupee because they literally said like he was twenty three and his first customer. Uh, wait, so he had it one for himself? Absolutely, that's why he made it. Oh, <laughs> it's so funny. Crazy. I mean, not making fun of anybody in their hair situation because you know I got some grays popping. Oh up. my god. <laughs> yeah, no. Do what. Do what. If it makes you do it. If it, it makes you happy. happy. <laughs> <laughs> like, do what you gotta do. Yeah, so um, that's where we're at. Uh, but let's get on with the story. Okay, I, I love this background. You know. Yeah, I got a feel for him. As you know, he's a pretty confident man. His looks mattered to him. That's why he got the toupee. He opened up his own plastic surgery facility. And because of his level of confidence, he felt that he didn't need any help at all. <laughs> so, okay. Got it. Yeah. So he literally didn't hire an anesthesiologist or even a qualified nurse to be a part uh. of his. So it was just literally him and his wife, like, kind of winging it. <laughs> I almost said power couple. <laughs> no, in, in a sense. But but then, then let's just keep We going. wouldn't have this case, would we? 
So, Deborah Rago was born in 1957. She came from, like, a financially strained family in Williamsville, New York. Um, And in 1978, when Deborah was working as a pharmacy technician, she met Lehigh University student Anthony Pignataro, who Anne Rule described as almost six feet tall with classic balanced features. If you're interested at all in this story, Anne Rule has a book on it called Last Dance, Last Chance. Cute. You know, in typical Anne Rule fashion, the title is dramatic as hell, (laughs) but the book is full of info. Okay, good. (laughs) And, uh, like, all I can think of is, like, last dance. You know what I mean? No. Sing last dance. Last dance gonna be okay. No! (laughs) (laughs) No, but what is it? The reason the book is called that is because one night they fell in love on the dance floor to the Donna Summer song, Last Dance. You know? Isn't it the song that goes, last dance, last dance? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So that's why the book is called that. Last Dance, Last Chance. Eerie as hell. Okay, so Anthony was the son of Ralph Pignataro, who is like this respected surgeon in Buffalo, New York. He kind of just wanted to, like, follow his dad into the profession, and basically, like, every single, um, I guess, quote, mainland U.S. medical school kind of rejected Anthony. So, he ended up going to San Juan Bautista School of Medicine in Puerto Rico, which is, I don't know, that's kind of, like, the move, right? I mean, yeah. A couple years in Puerto Rico, enjoy the sun. And get your degree. Oh my god, people say to do that if you want to become a lawyer or a nurse. Like, just go to Brazil. Well, I have a friend who is in vet school at St. Kitts. She's literally chilling on an island, like... Oh! Getting her knowledge. So we so we did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so we did it wrong. What I'm saying is, yes, okay. we did it, it wrong. That's fine. So, Debbie waited for him to finish, and they finally got married in 1985. Within the first year... A, quote, concerned party. Okay, so that could mean one or several of people. Right. Tipped her off that Anthony was cheating on her. So, Debbie, distraught as hell, goes to her dad, and he's like, listen, forgive once. That's my advice. Which, I don't know. In my opinion, it's like one time too many. No, at all. But who am I? Yeah. Who are we? But but one time too many, right? Like, I'm sorry, but don't forgive. No. If someone cheated on you, that's who they are. They showed you. You know, my mom's advice was when somebody tells you who they are, believe them. Listen. Yep, believe them. Believe them. Literally. That's it. When someone cheats on you, believe them. They don't give a But what did Debbie do? So, Debbie goes back to him. She forgives him once, she says. Okay. Okay. Moving on to his professional life. The professionals at the hospital where he worked when he was, like, a young surgeon, um, they didn't really think that he merited kind of any chance as a physician or a surgeon or, you know. There's a lot of rejection. They were just kind of, like, underwhelmed by him. (laughs) They also said that they noted a lot of gaps in his knowledge, but initially they didn't really do anything about it, which I think is sweet and nice and great. Because, like, you want someone to be a surgeon who doesn't know what the mm-hmm. doing, huh? And you would think someone would pick up on those little, yeah, like, like, red I'm flags. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but it just, it reads a little crazy <laughs> to me that no one's gonna be like, hey, <laughs> maybe you should learn what you're doing. Yeah, 
and not have gaps in knowledge. Because, you know, you are, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be operating on people. <laughs> but, again, who am I? Eventually, Anthony Pignataro opened his own plastic surgery practice in Buffalo suburb, like, called West Seneca, New York. Um, if you're wondering where if there's gaps in this story, there aren't. So, this still has gaps in his knowledge and he's opening up his own practice because, like I said, he comes from money. Things are handed to him. Okay. He ended up making a fortune doing breast implants and, like, other cosmetic procedures. To widen his profit margin, I guess, um, he would kind of skimp on overhead costs. Like, he hired a licensed practical nurse um, instead of a registered nurse. Okay. And a high school student to assist him during procedures. It's like, no one is certified here. I mean, like, I'm 24 and, like, don't hire me at your plastic (laughs) surgeon place. Like, why would you hire a high schooler? I don't understand it. Wait, I hate that. I just, like, couldn't imagine being... And, like, this is nothing against people who went there because I don't know... Like, maybe maybe it was cheaper. Maybe you don't know your financial situation. Maybe you just don't know. But, like, if I saw a 16-year-old handing the doctor the stuff to cut me open, oh. I notice how I don't even know what the... <laughs> I'm like, these stuff. No, but I would literally be like, I don't know. The jig is up. I'm going somewhere a little show more me credible. Your, show me your degree. Yeah. Like, to, okay. He was also seen at this time driving around in, like, a red Lamborghini wearing his toupee, and I just feel like I needed to tell oh. you that because this guy sucks. <laughs> Plain and simple. <sighs> the Pignataros ended up having a son and a daughter by this time, and they lived in a nice house in West Seneca. Okay. Forgive me for the words that I'm saying because I obviously am not in the medical profession. Um, maybe we wouldn't be no, here if I was. Oh, yeah. I would. <laughs> After performing an abdominoplasty, I think is what it's called, on a patient named Terry Lamardi, he allegedly left her with open bleeding wounds. And then when she came back to complain, he was like, no, are you kidding me? And he yelled at her. The Uh, hell I would raise. Ooh, ooh, you know how I am with bad customer service. (laughs) I would love to put a like Tony Pignantaro in a place. I would love to walk into that wonky (laughs) surgery studio. Because I'm calling it a surgery studio. Because it is not a facility where anyone should give credit to. Um, And I would walk in there and I would put the in his place. You would snap off his (laughs) stupid. I wouldn't even. I would not snap it off. I would simply eject the 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 screws from his skull. I don't know why I'm second hand mad. I'm not the who's open bleeding. No, but, but like I feel the I'm frustration and anger of all these signs Absolutely. pointing to him just being a janky doctor. Not even a doctor, really. Right. And not one thing happening about it. But, you know, people continue to go to his thing because, you know, the internet wasn't around to ruin reputation. Right. So one person's left bleeding on the table and the next person's like, who, when? No one said anything. <laughs> wasn't in yeah. the newspaper. So, uh, in 1996, a 26-year-old mother of two from Depew, New York, stopped breathing during a breast augmentation operation. Her name was Sarah Smith. And um, Pignataro's facility didn't have a ventilator, 
So she ended up dying on the table. So a murderer. <clears throat> yeah, and like this is a big issue that he didn't have a ventilator because Sarah Smith did not need to die from this type of operation. They do say um, that like this operation was something that like really like a professional should have been doing. Obviously, of course, yeah. But at the same time, like. The okay, if he is a, is quote, a professional, cool, but, like, why doesn't he have the materials? You're opening up your own place. You need all of the things that are life-saving measure. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, okay. They look into it, and it turns out that this isn't even board certified to be a plastic surgeon or even a qualified plastic surgeon at all. He hadn't administered Sarah Smith's anesthetic properly, and... So she was most likely feeling a majority of that pain. It's so incredibly messed up. I can't even wrap my head around it. So the New York State Health Board ended up charging him with 30 counts of professional misconduct, which I think is not enough, but whatever. Let's keep going. He ended up pleading guilty to criminally negligent homicide, and he received six months in jail, a $5,000 sign, community service, and, you know, a slap on the wrist. He also lost his medical license. Judge Ronald H. Tills noted that Pignataro would, quote, never practice medicine again anywhere in the world. Good, but I mean, criminally negligent? I mean, it... Exactly. But in the judge's defense, he had Pignataro taken directly from the courtroom to a prison cell. Um, He just, like, did not waste any time. He was like, this going straight to the back. He said Amazon Express, one day shipping. Let's get him there. Get him to that prison. (laughs) Jeff Bezos style. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. And Debbie Pignataro, unfortunately, was sobbing in the back row. That's a literal quote, according to a 1998 AP story. So, after his release, Anthony had trouble finding another job. As he should. Right. We hope he never works a day in his life. Correct. Um, but Debbie stood by him. So his mother helped the family financially because Tony did come from a wealthy family. But then this has another affair. And Debbie was like, I'm done. I heard my father's advice. He told me what to do and I'm done. No. No, Debbie came back. In which... You know, at this point, I don't even, I don't even have a bone in my body who wants to, like, say something about Debbie. Because, honestly, I just feel bad. She is too good for his crusty This is what I think 100%. right now. She is in too deep. She's feeling like she didn't come from any money. She relies on him financially. She, it's, So it's that it's sort of, okay. Her, you know, but, but I feel for her. And... Poor Debbie, because she's too good. She doesn't know how horrible this man is. And I mean, once you are dependent on someone like that financially and also emotionally as well, up until that point, right. I can see how it might be a little Like, she, this hard. is all he, she knows, you know? Their house ends up getting vandalized by someone writing, like, killer and that he will pay for the death of Sarah Smith. And I, I swear it wasn't me, uh- but... <laughs> But they never caught her. Oh, him. No. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But me and the vandalizer have never been in the same room at the same time. <laughs> I mean, above anything else, they were just writing facts. Yeah, I mean. Like, listen. Killer truth. She did kill. That's the truth. And he should pay. Right. Let's get to 1999. 
Debbie starts feeling ill. She's nauseous and her limbs are starting to feel numb. She also has severe pain just kind of in all places of her body. But the symptoms come and they go. When they're really bad, she said she had to stay in bed. Like, she then she then began having memory loss and she needed to use a wheelchair at times. So, Anthony, you know, the hero doctor that he is, okay. was like, oh, well, you just need to get your gallbladder removed. Huh? And the doctors that, the real doctors that right. were working for her were like, no, 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 mm-mm. that's not a good plan. <laughs> Uh, no, that will kill her. She's weak as hell right now. Um, right. we're not taking out her gallbladder, sir. And why would that call be, you, I mean, sir? right. Who are get rid you, of by every, the way? I heard rid- you're not a doctor. <laughs> what are you doing giving medical advice? Literally, get rid of every single title that he's ever had. I'm like, okay. Whew. Uh, <laughs> my notes. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry but- <laughs> It literally says, I'm sorry, but Anthony giving medical advice, not Uh, a vibe. (laughs) It's just not a vibe. So annoying. So then also the daughter started getting sick too. All right, they have kids. At this point, people are like, okay, so what the f*** is it? Like, truly, what the f*** is this? It cannot be. Well, it's a little sinister, don't you think? Like, people are just starting to get sick in the family. By this point, yes, the daughter is getting sick. And so forensic scientists um, and doctors start to look into this and they actually did a hair test on Debbie and it was like kind of an interesting hair test. So I guess like your hair grows one centimeter every month. And so they cut off like a piece, like a whole piece from the top of her head to the bottom. One piece like that and or like a bunch of strands, but like from the top of her head. And then they cut it up into segments of one inch to try to figure out if there was some sort of poison in her body. Because if there was poison in her body, you could detect it from her hair. So they cut it up in each inch to figure out if there is poison, when was it first given to her? I mean, that's insane. Yeah. They end up finding out that Debbie had consumed 29,580 milligrams of arsenic. That's 29,579. That's too many. It's too many. It's too many milligrams. Too many. Anthony is, like, ready to blame everyone under the sun, but specifically the family of Sarah Smith, the patient who died. Um, He thinks that Sarah Smith's family was poisoning Debbie to punish him, which Anthony is literally so conceited. I mean... I'm sorry, but that family is grieving. Anthony, not everything is about Uh, you. you. (laughs) Literally. I'm like, they're busy. They're busy. I mean, that just goes to show you how... I mean, when you were first telling me about him, I was like, okay, vanity. Like, he Mm -hmm. is very much into his looks and how he's being perceived, and this just sort of confirms it. Oh, yeah. Of being like, it has to be Everything is revolving around Anthony. It's Anthony's world, and we're just living in it. (laughs) But... They start to investigate, and the arsenic was traced to some, like, ant insecticide that this, like, this sweet little doctor um, purchased himself. And his daughter notes that he, she actually remembers him, like, setting traps around the house that had these, like, little tins um, of, like, 
I don't know, it was like a little, like, aluminum tin thing. And she was like, I remember him setting those traps around the house. And they were like, cool. Um, okay, we're gonna look into that. And they did. Turned out it was rat poison. And as you know, before, back in the day, when things were janky, (laughs) rat poison, one of the main ingredients, is arsenic. So what the... So it turns out, Anthony was sneaking arsenic into his wife's food. Apparently, the daughter got sick, too, because the initial time that he fed her arsenic, it was in soup, and he just, like, left the pot on the stove, and his daughter went downstairs and ate some. And I'm like, what in the world? But also, Who just, like, doesn't add it to the individual dish? I'm sorry, but he's gonna put arsenic in a whole pot and then he's just gonna trust himself that he's gonna clean that pot properly to not poison himself by accident it's lazy it's is what it is it's, it's lazy it's lazy it's but crazy also, what did, and it's what did deb ever do to you like honestly i'm sorry but this did buy you through when you were a crust janky manic man i don't <laughs> so The prosecution does, you know, find evidence suggesting that Anthony hoped the arsenic poisoning would cause Debbie to die during surgery so that the medical establishment would see it was normal for operations to kill people sometimes. I mean, huh? He thought that this would, like, absolve him for Sarah Smith's death. He was like, let me kill my wife to prove that people die. I mean, that just goes to show you where his mental capacity is that I don't even know what to call it. That just shows you how much of an idiot he is. Yes. Because why the hell would that ever absolve you of literally killing a woman that was in your care? Someone's like, someone uh, in Arkansas died recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means that he's innocent, mm-hmm. actually. But so like, we're good. No, not even that. Not even so removed. They're like, oh, Anthony killed this person. And then Anthony's wife died. And we're just not going to look into it. Maybe yeah. being connected. <laughs> That actually absolves him from the first murder. I mean, has he ever heard of serial killers before? Right. Like, as if we're like, oh, well, well, since Ted Bundy killed more than one person, he, like, the second murder means he didn't do the first one. I mean, he has what does to that think mean? that he's, like, I don't... Crazy. <laughs> so, turns out he also vandalized his own damn house. He was the bitch with spray paint. Stop! It, it so wasn't, wasn't me. You? <laughs> I said it wasn't me. I wasn't lying. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it, but, you know. Okay. Wait, so why did he do that? Because he wanted to make it look like he was being targeted and his wife was being poisoned by killers. Because he didn't see himself as a killer. Because he is literally the Kermit meme. And he, like, truly believes either, A, that he's really helping people, or just that he's just this unwor- Like, I don't get that, like... I truly, I just think that he's evil in a sense Mm -hmm. because, so here's my thing. You and I, um, both work in the legal field. Right. Right. I would never give someone legal advice if I didn't know that what I was saying was, well, I would never give someone legal advice. Who am I? (laughs) But I would never say like, well, this is the law. So you can, you, these are your rights. I would never say that if I didn't know for a fact that those are their rights. You know 100%. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I know it would be so mean. It could screw someone over. It could hurt them if if I tell them something like that. 
And so for me, like, hearing that he has these gaps in his knowledge, he was under-equipped to own this surgical facility. Studio. Studio. Um, I just feel like it's evil. It's evil. He knows he has people's lives in his hands, and he is going beyond that and still just not caring enough. So that's where I stand for that. Um, Anthony Pignataro ended up pleading guilty to charges related to the arsenic poisoning, which I think is sketchy. Um, Judge Mario J. Rossetti labeled the former surgeon's life, quote, a charade of misrepresentation. <laughs> that should have been the title of the book. That yeah. with the title of the book. Well, he they he called himself self-centered and manipulative and said he showed, quote, disrespect for the value of human life. I couldn't I agree more. Totally, totally agree with. So he ended up getting just 15 years. I think <laughs> go away for life, but who am I? Again. Right. Um Debbie, she appeared on Forensic Files. She said And I swear, she's not bitter. She just, this is how she feels. Okay. She said that, A, she would never have harmed herself, and she was annoyed when he tried to make it seem like maybe she was poisoning herself, and when the police were like, maybe she's poisoning herself. She was annoyed, and I I get it. I get it. And B, she said, her ex-husband should be forced to ingest arsenic himself. Like, to himself? He should drink it. And I don't blame her. Go off. I don't blame go, her. Go you know what? So far Good. off the deep end, Debbie. I am right Debbie there with you. Debbie is like, oh my god, <laughs> I forgave this <laughs> twice, and this is what I get. <laughs> deserves poison. This is Agreed. what Debbie thought, and I agree with Debbie. <laughs> no, but I love how Debbie is not under what it seemed to be like his thumb i guess anymore like right. not dependent on she was him like, uh-uh, fully over uh-uh. it. all this time i was drinking poison <laughs> and guess what that opened my eyes good and you know an, an interesting thing too is this guy was so dumb he was so medically unaware incompetent. yes incompetent just flat out dumb because he i guess was like administering small doses to her initially Okay. And they were, like, not killing her. So he was like, what's going on? So he started, like, upping the dosage. But Debbie's bad was like, mm-mm, now I've developed a tolerance because you- I love Debbie's. <laughs> I love Debbie's. Wait. She has had so much arsenic, she should die. But really, Debbie's body was like, uh-uh, I ain't dying on this man's accord. <laughs> She was like, I'm immune now. What? Yeah. Now what? She was like, I have a little cough, but I can go. <laughs> what? Debbie! I cannot. That is so amazing. I, I was that just proves how dumb he is when it comes to medical situations because he didn't even know how much arsenic to do to kill someone. I mean, oh. But just when we thought Anthony Pignataro was done. Not long after his release in 2013, he returned to Wait, the that Buffalo is... area like an idiot. Okay. And because, like, I- I'm sorry, but like, you can go anywhere besides the little place that you were in before. Whatever. He changed his name to Tony Hot, which is, that is so stop. not hot. <laughs> and vanity! I'm telling you, vanity. <laughs> he was like, how can I spell the word hot but make it cool? Yeah, it's 2013. It's like, Should I open up my Tumblr? Anyway, like, get the- no. 
Get that Please. out of here. He opened up a business called Tony Hawk Cosmetic LLC. The company sold a line of skincare creams formulated from, quote, one's own DNA-derived plasma. And I don't know what we're doing trusting the <laughs> plasma still. But um, his website did refer to him as a doctor. And um, the Erie County District Attorney subsequently opened up a criminal investigation into Pignataro's new business. Because he was like, no, 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 you are an ex-convict and you are not a doctor. So he ended up taking down his website, and this is all according to a Buffalo Station WKBW story um, by Charlie Specht in 2017. So, you know, he didn't learn. He just didn't learn. He apologized to his ex-wife and the Smith family, although he didn't make any, like, specific admissions towards being guilty. Like, all the time he was like, no, I don't know how she got poisoned. It wasn't me. But I'll apologize. Like, Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's like, oof, what a child. He's literally such a child. Um, He also said that he works as a delivery driver, which, like, that's not a comforting thought. Yeah. Man who poisons food may be delivering food. Maybe working for DoorDash. I just feel like DoorDash (laughs) should, like, up the antes to be a delivery driver. Yeah. Maybe just, like, don't let an ex-convict who poisoned food be a delivery driver. But whatever. I don't know if it was DoorDash. Please, Uh, DoorDash, sponsor us, because we we trust you. We know you wouldn't have done that. Ever. (laughs) Ever. We love you. No. Um, The show stated that much of the damage done to Debbie's health was irreversible. She has a lot of motor issues now. And it's just something that she will never be able to get back after all of this. Um, According to WKBW-TV, Pignataro is now in Florida advertising himself as a geriatric caregiver. So that's gross, too. But also fitting that he's in Florida. But, like, taking care of geriatric communities, I don't Uh. like it. Some of the most vulnerable people, by the way. I mean, what in... I don't like it. It's gross. (laughs) Why? What business is this crazy... And that's that. The episode is weird and sad, but I just kind of thought it was an interesting story because it kind of debates, like, whether or not, like, people, not me personally, but people debate whether or not the Sarah Smith thing makes him a, quote, actual murder. Um, which, I don't know. What do you think? I think it 100% does because once you are agreeing to perform a specific care on someone, you have their lives in your hand. Absolutely. You know, and especially if this were the case where something went wrong in surgery and every single preventative measure was taken. Right. Fine. I agree. There are complications. Sure. Whatever. But if he initially didn't even have the thing that he knew he might need to rely on if things went bad. It's a hundred percent. That's like intention to me. Exactly. And which is why I don't agree with them calling it negligent. It just seems so deliberate all the way throughout. I mean, for a breast augmentation, the death rate for that, I mean, I'm sure even back then is not that. Right. And, like, if you have preventative measures even, like, because the thing is, like, he he must have just, like, saw she was struggling and just, like, stared at her until she died. Because there was nothing to do. Exactly. The thing is, like, if he had called the police, if he had done something, if he had taken her to a real hospital or a real facility, Mm -hmm. like, anything to show that he cared enough. But he was literally like, I don't know, it's just kind of what happens on the job sometimes. Exactly. And it's... Like I said before, it just screams lazy. Yeah. And evil, in my opinion. Yeah. I think lock him up 
and throw away the key. And if anyone happens to, you know, add arsenic to his prison food, well, that's not my business. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can catch us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod, Twitter at the Chalkline Pod. And you can follow along with our YouTube channel. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.